Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode... Sometimes it's harder to talk about things to the people who are closest to you. I remember once I was going through a very difficult period and I used to find that I would end up getting into these really deep conversations with, like, the waiter or a random stranger at a bus stop. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome to the show, another episode of Running With Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation or weekly dose of running perspiration, in my case, is absolutely roasting, still in Greece. Look, when we're away, we know the score, we have to give weather updates periodically, so I'm, I'm choosing to do that on the show, and uh, today's forecast is bloody hot, I'm telling you, it is ridiculous, El Scorchio, I am stood... I don't mean to be funny, Jake, but you've only got yourself to blame. It's you who went away for however long you went away for to hot countries. I mean, don't come crying to me about the heat. You know, our heatway finished, and now I'm just sat here with, with like, overcast cloudiness. And now, and you're on the phone moaning about the heat in Greece. You're in Greece. You went to Greece. You went to Greece. <laughs> it's, it's funny, because when we were in Italy, obviously, just before we, we, we flew over to Skiathos to see uh, Martina's family, we did a long run there. I think I may have mentioned this on a previous episode. We managed 17 miles mm. there in, so a pretty decent long run for Manchester Marathon training. If this is the first time you listen to the Running with podcast that's what i'm training for the manchester marathon in october all being well and we were absolutely hammered hammered by the rain it was lashing it down in in italy very unseasonal not the kind of conditions Ooh. you'd expect at all uh, literally i kid you not pete for 17 miles the rain did not stop one second and then we come to skiathos wow. wow. and it's, so we didn't expect that and that was brutal for different reasons and then we come to skiathos and it is that they've got a heat wave in greece at the moment it's all on the news it's a heat wave i mean it's Honestly, I kid you not, it is it is unbelievable. I'm stood in the only sort of patch of shade I can find. I hope you can hear me okay. We, we are here on the beach. Uh, just trying to get some light relief while we record this part of the show. It is absolutely insane, really. But it's mad. there's a guy... Well, sorry, I was just distracted there for a second. There's a couple walking past that have a giant lilo that looks like a watermelon. That's actually really cool. I've never seen one of those before. I'm very impressed. Look, we should crack on with the show. <laughs> nice. The, the, the heat is getting to me. Fortunately, we need to keep this part of the show relatively short today because we have an unbelievable guest on. I do appreciate that we say that most weeks. We, we love speaking and having our chats with the guests that we have on the show each week. But today we're speaking to Sharifa J. What an open and honest chat that is. We love getting into the depth of a conversation, the nitty-gritty scratching beneath the surface and we certainly did that with Sharifa she was she was awesome in fact we actually spoke Pete didn't we about uh, cutting this call down into uh, and, and playing it out over two episodes but we just thought no we've got to this is going to be a little bit long today the show but it's just so awesome we need to we need to play it for you and I'm really excited I didn't know about Sharifa Jay and her work previously I must admit but just listening to it and um, doing a brief bit of research on uh, for the podcast uh, and then speaking to her what a delightful human being really really and, and you know I think she was comfortable as well and she um, kind of went into areas that she has never gone into before in a conversation um, so it's it's a really revealing really honest and um, and, and just I think uh, a conversation that a lot of people listening will take value from and uh, yeah she's just great we did quite a lot of sharing actually in the call didn't we when we recorded with Sharifa and we, we, we mm. you know sometimes these conversations like in real life they just go off on different tangents and 
and you know I love that that's the beauty of, of recording these calls with guests and we speak about inclusivity in sport which is so important not just within running but sport in general we talk about being comfortable in your own skin which is massively important and I, I think it's something that we we've all experienced at some point in our life where we're not so comfortable as we perhaps like to feel so it's a really great chat I think you're going to love it Sharifa J on the show today for the show notes and video content Go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Hi there. This is Frank Flake from the Sophisticated Property Investing Podcast. I was a guest of Jake's on episode 73. If you haven't heard it, feel free to go back and have a listen. We get into everything from running challenges to mindset. By the way, if you've always wanted to earn in a month what you currently earn in a year, you may want to take a listen to my show. There's a link in the show notes of this episode, or you could just search for Sophisticated Property Investing on your podcast app. Running with Jake, the podcast. I'm in a super positive mood today. I'm ready to talk all things running. In fact, I might even break out the subject of, of running here, Pete. I'm up for it today. Any subject goes. We've got a great guest on. Sharifa, welcome to Running With Jake, the podcast. Nice to see you. Thank you so much for having me. It's lovely to see you too. It's a lovely sunny day. It's a beautiful sunny day. How's things going for you at the moment? I know that you are in serious training serious training for London Marathon what's going on there missed out last year that must have been pretty gutting yeah it was really gutting yeah um, things are going really well thank you for asking um, the training is well it was going very well um, kind of we were coming out of lockdown um, I had coronavirus in January and so I basically sat down for like a month yeah. um, because it was exhausting and it took it took a really long time to get my breath back like I, I was quite breathless so it took a long time to get my breath back and build up my fitness levels but when I managed to kind of build them back up again in around February time I was going like full speed pre-marathon training I was doing everything all the things and then my body for the first time ever my body just gave up on me um my body's never given up on me before like that and i don't know if it was a combination of sitting down for a year and then having coronavirus and then coming back to it but i got tendonitis in my um in my foot and it just has been really persistent for the last kind of six weeks so I, unfortunately while i was doing really well i had to dial back my training and kind of go back to basics and introduce all these uh you know strengthening activity which i should have been doing to begin with to be honest but all these strengthening activities i had to go to the podiatrist and she was like you're old and i was like i know and then <laughs> Give me she, and she charged me all this money and i've got these um custom made orthotics for my shoes which i think are going to help because it turns out we all first fun fact of the day apparently we we our feet never stop growing is that true just, oh don't freak wow. me out no right. don't freak me out Sharifa apparently I'm, I'm worried about my nose and my ears yeah. and, and, and somebody told me that they keep growing they do. and now it's my feet <laughs> I mean what is wrong with me do you know what I mean oh no like, why, why can't oh. the good stuff keep growing like there's so many other parts of my body I'd prefer to grow but you know, <laughs> But well, anyway, I'm with you there, I'll be honest. But, uh, we get but, yeah. stuck with what we get stuck with. But yeah, apparently your feet keep growing. So here's me running in like size eight shoes, oh. thinking I'm a size eight, and apparently I'm like a size nine or something. So um, I've had to do all this reevaluating. Um, last year when I was training for the marathon, obviously I was gutted when it was cancelled because I was feeling, I mean, 
in one way I was feeling really ready for it mentally and I think it's such a mental challenge um, after running my first half marathon last year I realised how much of a mental challenge it is because I didn't train nearly enough for that so I was mentally really prepared for it but I think physically I probably wasn't as prepared for it as I could have been so in one way it was gutting that the marathon was cancelled and obviously everything that went around it I think it was just a really awful difficult time for everyone because that was right at the beginning uh, the marathon was set to happen in April and I think everything was happening like all the lockdowns started happening in March I think so um, I think it was really demotivating and I think probably for a lot of people who were runners and had events coming up probably felt really demotivated because not only was we thrown into this global pandemic but um, we also you know everything people have been working and training for is gone as well and you just I just kind of sat down on my sofa and was like well I guess that's it then and I might as well just not bother <laughs> doing anything just have to eat some biscuits <laughs> so I did um, so yeah I'm back to it now and um, I'm feeling really excited and I hopefully with the new shoes and the podiatrist and everything I can get back to full training sooner rather than later because the marathon's very soon and I'm running out of time (laughs) (laughs) you don't really want that marathon to be deferred again do you because you know imagine if it's like another few years and you know you don't get to do it your feet are going to be massive (laughs) that's going to be a real problem (laughs) although if you leave it a few more years I guess they'll be so big that that's an advantage surely because it's like you know for everybody else's five steps you know like Sharifa does like a step and a half and it's pretty much the marathon's done like the BFG. Like the BFG. Literally. Exactly. <laughs> Just like the BFG. He's got he's got a big nose and big ears as well. And big feet. Perfect. And they probably they probably help him with the aerodynamic, you know, like Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so yeah, that is the plan. Sharifa, you're as bonkers as us. I knew when we exchanged a few emails about getting you on the show. I'm like, it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be an easy chat. It's gonna be great. I'm not sure anybody will listen to it, to be honest. We'll probably we're probably do you think we've lost people? We've just got the weirdos left, and that's fine, because that's us. <laughs> it's a very select club of the best people, which is yeah. great. Yeah, that's all we need. <laughs> was it your first marathon, or should it have been your first marathon last it year? It should have been my first marathon, yes. So so how far did you get into the training? Because there was a lot of people when, when there was talk of, OK, is it going to happen, is it not going to happen? Is it going to happen, is it not going to happen? Are we doing it, are we not doing it? Am I isolating, what's going on? Lockdown? So when did you say, right, OK, it's not happening, forget the training? Was it quite early, or did you kind of hang on for dear life until it was like, it's definitely not happening? Now? I hung on for dear life. I remember being in the gym with my trainer and, and there I was doing all my, my activations and my squats and my weightlifting. And um, he was like, I was like, oh, so the marathon is so soon. And he was like, Sharifa, we're going into a national lockdown. I was like, no, don't be silly. No, we're not. And then the gym is half empty. There's no one there. Like people are walking around like, like not you know, going near each other. And I'm just there, not really oblivious. I was actually one of those really resistant people to what was happening you know like the don't be silly like there's no there's no pandemic just relax like you know, nothing. I was I was going to the cinema all all the way up until the day because I just didn't really understand what was going on I was just hanging on for, to hope so yeah I, I think I was clinging on to the you do so much training and you put so much into it the thought of it not going ahead and I remember saying to my um my friends like I don't care if the marathon's happening or not I'm running it regardless you know when the marathon day comes I'm running it but when the marathon day actually came I completely stopped training I'd been sitting down for for weeks like you know it wasn't going to happen and also I didn't want my first marathon and I really um hands up to everyone who did take part in the virtual marathon this year because I think 
Um, it's really important to know that every time you do take part in these events, you are, and most people are fundraised for their charities, you're actually doing an amazing thing because you're helping to support these charities. So many of these charities rely on these events that, you know, the donations. Um, so with all the... Um, events being cancelled this year a lot of charities lost out some of them closed down the smaller ones which i think is is incredibly sad and when we're in such a difficult time particularly the mental health charities really needed our support and a lot of people run for those i'm an ambassador for calm and i i saw directly how much it affected them not being able to have these events so hands up to everyone who did do a virtual marathon but for me um I found other ways to do a bit of fundraising, actually, but I just didn't want my first marathon to be... I really wanted the crowd, and I wanted the running over the uh, Tower Bridge and, you know, all of that. So I think this will be my year, hopefully. <laughs> You're going to have your day. Yeah. Along with thousands of other people, yeah. fingers crossed. It's interesting when you get into the subject of sort of the mentality of a runner. And obviously people are individuals and people have different personalities and, and all that sort of stuff. But I think there is an element, if I can say this, I'm intrigued to know what you think to this, Sharifa, of when you're really into something, and runners typically can be really into what they're doing, it's almost that drive where they become blinkered and kind of they don't see other things around them, almost a selfishness. And I, I, I can, you know, I've experienced this myself, is in I have definitely fallen into the category of, okay, Jake, that was probably a little bit selfish. It was like, at all costs, I'm doing this. Do you think there is that? almost nature of runners where they are at risk of just being so focused on their goal definitely i think i think also i don't know i think we're quite hardwired to when you set yourself a challenge you, you want to finish it and it's really hard to to say oh i'm just going to give up now and also because you have everything you do has to be so self-led you're kind of like no this is my plan and this is my way of doing things and I pandemic pandemic like I'm doing so I do, I do think so I definitely think there's an element of that um but we we definitely all had to to lose that this year that sense of I and and have a bit more we about us as a kind of community overall that we all had to do things for the greater good <laughs> that we didn't want to do so maybe that's been helpful for runners <laughs> I, I really like that, actually, Sharifa, when you, you use the phrase hardwired there. I totally get that. And, and, and you're right, because I'm thinking, as I listen to what you're saying here, that we are kind of, I don't know whether it's taught, but, you know, this whole thing of, as a runner, right, you're going to come up against a lot of obstacles when you're training for lofty events like the London Marathon. You're going to have to get out there when you're not feeding it, when you've had a bad day, when you've not slept well, when the rain, you know, is hammering it down. You're going, oh, God. So you, you kind of, you have it inside you that, well, I've got to keep driving forward. I've got to overcome these challenges. And if a big challenge hits that, OK, is an international global challenge and it's the pandemic well, I've got to overcome this. It's not going to stop me. I'm going to run it anyway. So, I, yeah, I understand that, actually, the hard wiring. Just staying on the subject of, I guess, runner's mentality. Now, I know that you, from what I've seen you post on your social media accounts on Instagram, I know that you believe this yourself, but there's obviously a lot of runners at the other end of the scale, a spectrum rather, that don't really class themselves as proper runners. Or worse still, perhaps people that would quite like to get into the world of running, they don't run, but they have a fear, they have an obstacle, they have something inside them that's stopping them because nobody else is stopping them, let's be honest. Like you said, it's, it's a self-driven thing. It's something you do, it's not a team sport. In your experience, Sharifa, what's some of the obstacles that people are up against in their own mind that stop them from either feeling like a proper runner or getting into the sport in the first place? That's such a great question and it's something that I talk about 
on on Instagram, you're right. And um, I also think it's a conversation that we really need to have. I think that fitness spaces generally have always had one type of person. We've always had one representative, one type type of representative for everything. And you know, and I understand the reasoning behind that. Athletes naturally have these very athletic bodies. You know, look at Elliot Kipchoge. You know, he has this incredible, like, svelte body. But I think because these people are our representatives, um, very often people look at those as the example and say, well, they're like that. I- I'm never going to be like that. And so, you know, this is probably not for me. I mean, running is hard, right? Running is really hard. I think um, regardless of your size or shape, you know, to, to, to even just to wake up, put on a pair of trainers and go, I'm just going to run and keep running until I'm exhausted it's not something that that most people would naturally want to do I think we're hardwired for comfort as human beings we want to you know be comfortable cozy and not overexert ourselves so it's hard for everybody but I think it's even harder when you feel like something is not made for you um, based on the representations that we have around us And based on the expectation, I get a lot of messages on Instagram, people saying, I tried to go out for a run, but I had to stop and I had to walk. And I think, but you still went out for a run and it doesn't, walking doesn't, doesn't take away the minutes or the miles or the Ks that you just ran. You just had to stop for a walk because you wanted to, or you were tired or you had enough of it, but you still ran. So, you know, I I think... We just have a very cookie-cutter, one-size-fits-all approach, I think, when it comes to all fitness. Um, and I, I really feel quite strongly that that needs to change, what, you know, being a plus-size model and working in um, advertising you know, for so many years and just seeing the adverts. And I think we are very led by the images that we see, you know, if you go up, you, everyone, if you're going to buy your trainers, where are you going to get them from? New Balance or Nike or Adidas or you're going to go to one of these apparel brands. And are you going to kind of, that's going to feed into your mentality, the images that you see of people wearing these clothes and you're going to want to be a bit more like them. Or, But I think you have to remind yourself that we're not all Elliot Kipchoge. We're not all trying to, um, you know, we're not all trying to be the best. We're just trying to be our own best. And so I think there's there's, so, there's just a lot of stigma and uh, like social stigma around size and bodies when it comes to to running. I think people just feel very demotivated by that. I I know I feel really I feel motivated when I see a woman who who looks like a bit more like me or has a not a, a kind of a tradition typical kind of runner's body what you would imagine a runner to look like in your head. I feel quite motivated when I see a woman that looks like me, but she's she's out there and she's running. I'm like, okay, like, you know, it is for everyone. But I just think that, that it being for everyone, it's not widely kind of, I don't know, I don't know I've lost the word. Like publicised. Publicized. Yeah. Um, and I, do you know, I think the, the messages that you put out are really, really important. And I wish someone was putting that message out 20 30 years ago if I'm honest because like it's taken me I'm 47 years old and I started running last year and I've always felt really uncomfortable with gym situations because I'm a little chunkier than I should be and I'm less chunky now than I was a year ago because I have been running for a year but you know and, and, I, 
and I talked about this um, when I started started running. I'd feel really self conscious. I'd feel like I didn't I didn't deserve to be running. It was really weird. And I'm like in my mid forties. You know, I've spent a long time getting used to who I am, and it took me that long to actually go. Oh, I'm going to put some shoes on and go out. But you'd still run past people, and they'd be washing their cars or whatever, and you'd think, oh, I don't. I, I, I feel self conscious just because they're there and I'm there, and I'm like running along. And you can see my man boobs flopping about and all the rest of it and that just made me feel uncomfortable and you know i think that the messaging that you're that you're putting out there and it is for everybody and it's completely inclusive that's so important and i i think that it would have taken me less time to get comfortable with myself and get comfortable with trying to get fitter and trying to do that kind of thing just be more comfortable with my body if that messaging was around when i was a teenager definitely and i think it's really important to mention that fat phobia is real it's an absolute thing um it's a it's social a a social issue it feeds into lots of different areas of our lives in the healthcare system um in in conversations you know even in the the everyday comments of oh you look great you've lost a bit of weight you know why is it that if someone loses weight they they look great you know that could have that could mean so many things if someone's lost weight they could be stressed they could be having mental issues with their mental health they could be suffering with disordered eating um there's so many different things but i think we're so socialized into and it's so embedded in us that um one type of body is the acceptable body is the fit body is the healthy body and i really try to get that messaging across that health and size they're actually not the same thing at all and I still think regardless of what you say to someone they would still look at I'm a size 18 to 20 woman and you know I I open water swim I run um, I cycle I do yoga and I don't do it on Instagram to be performative I do it because I genuinely love it however do I do it to the level of uh, an athlete do I do I train really really hard five days a week definitely not I I exercise I probably exercise four to five days a week but things that I love doing and I'm always moving and I I consider myself to be a really fit healthy active person and I know that when I go out for runs with my friends who are considerably smaller than me I can run rings around them and and you know I can run for hours and they after 10 minutes they're like (laughs) you know so I think we have to start thinking about things differently, thinking about people's bodies differently. And, and yeah, there's a lot of shame and, and judgment around um, larger body types or just body t- shapes and sizes that you just don't see in the media. When you go to an in-person event and you see the people who are running at these events, they are nothing like an advert, an ad, a, a campaign that you would see. You know, they're nothing like that. They're nothing like any of the representations you see on the poster. They're just real people. And normally they go to these events and they're running together or they're running for a cause. And that's really incredible. And I, and I always really want to try and encourage people and hopefully inspire people to do that because it's an amazing thing to do, not just for your, your physical health, but also your mental health as well. Brands should have broader representation. I think that's quite clear in many different ways. And I feel, I don't know if you feel this, Sharifa, but it seems like a good time at the moment to be getting that voice and that message out there in so many ways. Would you agree? There's so many messages now, I feel. Powerful messages, as Pete said, probably should have been around many years ago. 
They weren't. Well, they are now. So let's just roll with it. But I think as well, and I'm intrigued to get your view on this, that there is a lot of this, you know, Kipchoginess, for want of a better word. You know, you see uh, the front cover of magazines or whatever it might be. You know, that's 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 what a runner looks like, let's say. But yet you go to these events and as you've rightly said, there's all shapes and sizes. There's everybody there who's anybody that is part of that event. And I'm sure the moment that gun goes, they don't think about how they look. They don't think about their anxieties. I believe, I think before maybe, you know, before they've registered, before they turn up on that starting line. But once the gun goes and they're in the event, they're thinking about the discomfort running's hard, right? So is there not a responsibility as such, but would it be helpful if the individual, as individuals, as runners, if we had certain coping mechanisms, certain tools to be able to see the things that are out there, like the people that are perhaps similar to us, rather than just viewing the Kipchoge's and the Instagrammers of the world, the typical sort of Instagrammers. Do you, do you, does that make some sense Definitely, to you? 100%. Like, I, I feel like, and again, I talk about this a lot online, I mean, I do have a life offline, by the way. <laughs> just, everything I say is like, and then when I was on Instagram, um, I was on Instagram a lot this year, um, because, you know, it was, I live alone, so what else, where else is there to be? It, it would be worse if you said, there was this one time when I wasn't on Instagram, and um, I got speaking to this person <laughs> in real life. There was never a time when that happened. No way. <laughs> um, one thing I talk about on Instagram is the power that we actually have to... We're in, the, we're in this incredible time where we can have access to all these different types of people. We've never had this before. So I always talk about the power of, like, editing your feed, editing, editing your circles uh, in a way that you are... Um, surrounding yourself with those positive representations like I know there are certain things that I look at for example like um, I used to I won't say which magazine but I used to get a subscription for a magazine and every single month this magazine would land on my front porch and I'd see the cover and it would I would feel instantly like annoyed because I work in advertising. I, I always see this the front cover. It's the same type of person. There's no diversity. Um, one size, one one skin colour. Um, and I really didn't like it because I always thought, you know, I work in fashion and why am I not seeing any of my incredible, like, diverse friends here? Why am I not seeing anyone from the black community or the Asian community? Or, you know, and that really frustrated me. So all I did is I just cancelled that subscription <laughs> and I think that we have an amazing power at the moment with social media to um, unfollow things and people that make you feel that way I mean I do think there's also an essence of you have to do the inner work you know you have to be able to you know you can't just live your life saying I'm not going to look at that because it triggers me <laughs> but I also think that you know follow things and find things that are inspirational to you and actually make you feel good and I think when you connect with those things and those people you start seeing yourself differently like maybe I can try and explain this better by when I before I was a plus size model I was actually quite um, a lot smaller I was a size eight I trained as a dancer my body was very different and I was surrounded by dancers of the same size as me and I also had an eating disorder so I I was bulimic um, for a few years and I really struggled with my my body image and um, what I saw in the mirror all the time and I because I was surrounded by people who were a certain size and everything I'd look at online would be 
women of a certain size and so I felt that I had to be like that but then I, I remember when I got I got scouted to be a plus size model in 2013 or 14 something around that time and I remember someone coming up to me saying you would and, and by this time I was not a size 8 I was more like a size 10 because um, I graduated from drama school and I'd started eating more cakes but um <laughs> someone approached me and said you should be you should be a plus size model and I was so offended I was like what do you mean plus size that that means fat people and that's horrible and I hate that and because I'd been raised in a way that um you know thin was the ideal and um you know, you have to look this way and the people I surrounded myself made me feel I had to be that way. I hated the idea of being labelled as that or being thought of as that. But slowly as I moved into this industry, I ended up being surrounded by like beautiful, incredible, curvy women and women of different colours and shapes. And I started to see my body differently because of that, because of who I was surrounding myself with. And so I know obviously you can't change your friends and family, you can't change your workplace, you know, but I think what you can do is now we can go out more is you can get involved in like running groups. There's an amazing, um, there's an amazing group. It's not a running group. It's a fitness group called Black Girls Hike. And, you know, you can go and be in a space with other black women and you can hike. And, um, you know, if you're a person that wants to connect and feel uh, more accepted in a certain community, like you can go and find that and you can be in those spaces. There's a swimming club called Swim Dem Crew and they're a group of black swimmers. You know, there's, and I, I'm sure probably out there somewhere, there's a, there's a curve running group or, you know, you can find these things, connect with these communities. And I think that in turn kind of helps you to start seeing your body differently and yourself differently because you see these people and you go wow they're amazing like I, I think some one of the most beautiful models that I, I know is she's like a size 18 to 20 and I used to think size 18 to 20 gosh that's that's big like, I wouldn't want to be like that now I'm a size 18 to 20 and I'm like damn I look good <laughs> I feel good <laughs> you know and I think it's it's all about the mindset even though if you were to look at two pictures of me, I look like a completely different person, a completely different size. Who I am now, I'm, such a, I'm so much happier and I, I, I truly appreciate and like myself for me. And I think that has a lot to do with what I surround myself with. So I don't know if that was a helpful answer. That was. If we had an answer leaderboard, that would be at the top right yeah. now. Honestly, <laughs> I, I genuinely mean that, Sharifa. I, I was beaming ear to ear. You can do the dance on, on camera, because that, that answer, honestly, because... And you know when you said about edit your life, that really resonates with me. Are you familiar with TNTs? Have you heard this? No. TNTs. What's that? This is great. So TNTs, I forget where I picked this up from. TNT stands for Tiny Noticeable Things. Small changes in behaviour that have a big impact. So when you suddenly cut somebody from your life, which actually doesn't isn't probably as harsh as it sounds, doesn't have to be friends, but like you say, stop following things on, on Instagram. If it does trigger you, I know it's a phrase we don't like to use often, but it's a fact. If something does make you feel not so great and you see it on Strava, you can hide things. You don't have to even do the unfollow, unfriend thing, you know, because it's like, oh, it means I no longer want to queue up for Awkward. dinner with you in the school playground <laughs> yeah. anymore. And, you know, we're not saying that. We're just saying I don't really want to see your stuff because it's not making me feel so great, but you keep doing your thing. You can do that. It's tiny, noticeable things, TNT. So I think that's amazing. Something else that leaps out uh, of this conversation for me, and it's kind of a personal, 
suppose personal feelings, I guess, if I can share these with you, Sharifa. But we talk about language and you mentioned things like, you know, plus size model. And oh, well, that means when this person said to you, well, you could be a plus size model. In their mind, probably paying you a massive compliment. All you heard was, what are you saying? I'm fat. What's the, well, well, that's, that means this. I'm at the other end of the spectrum and still am to a degree. I weigh 10 stone therein when I'm really close to a marathon and I'm training lots and all that stuff. I can easily go under 10 stone. My background was a personal trainer. Before I was a personal trainer, I was into the whole gym thing, which is why I became a PT. Shock horror. But back then, I was into the weights and I wanted to put muscle on. And that was probably down to the magazines I was reading and buying and probably the people I was surrounding myself with. So I had that kind of, although it was my own behaviour I created, that was in me. And I still find that comes back on occasions so now my focus has totally changed Sharifa my goal is to run these various races and target times because that makes me feel good and that's what I want to do but I still find those demons inside every now and then surface and oh well you know you're a bit thin you're a bit slim you're a bit certain language certain terms I don't like if somebody hasn't seen me for a long time uh, which is the case at the moment, isn't it, in the pandemic? And then they see you and they go, oh, you've lost, you know, you, you've lost weight. But I take it not as a compliment. I take it as derogatory. Or if they say, oh, you're thin, oh, you skinny legs, or I don't like it. It makes, even now, I struggle to say this. You can see I'm coming, I'm becoming animated. It just makes me feel really uncomfortable. Are there certain terms, descriptions, words that you don't like to use or hear. I actually really wanted to say something on that point about um, that, uh, the, you know, being obviously being a man and this, um, this narrative around, again, it's a certain body that you're expected to have as a man, isn't it? Um, which I, again, I, I, I don't mean to blame advertising for everything, but I think they play a huge role in our rep- like how we see ourselves in the Western world and um, how we, what we consider to be acceptable. And I really think, I look at men's health covers and I'm like, oh, it hurts me. <laughs> like, you know, not all men look like that. And um, I think it becomes this really difficult conversation. And obviously being an ambassador for calm which is predominantly a a mental health suicide prevention charity but they focus on men because um you know male suicide is the high is the biggest killer of men under the age of 45 in the uk like that's huge and i think there are a lot of conversations that aren't being had with men and i think that i i mean obviously i don't have any statistics for this but i always wonder how much of that conversation around bodies and the expectation of men's bodies um, plays into the mental health and and into those those statistics? And um, I think in in one way, I mean, as women, we we don't have the easiest ride, but I think we've been incredibly fortunate to have this body positivity um, movement for women, which you know has obviously blown up over the last kind of eight years or so I've been doing this for nearly a decade and so that's kind of where it all started and we have a lot more visibility for different body types um, for women than we do for men and I think I still feel like that's really stuck in the past but I know from speaking to lots of my male friends that lots of men struggle with body issues and but it's just not 
ever talked about. I never hear it talked about. So I'm really glad, to, not glad to hear you say that. I'm sorry to hear that you feel that way, but I also think it's great that you're even bringing that up and having that conversation on this podcast because I think that visibility is really important. Um, but you had an actual it's, question it's, from that, didn't you? <laughs> Which I didn't answer. Yeah, no, it, this is great. I mean, this is a beauty of conversation, isn't it? Just free-flowing, and that's why it's so great to talk to you, Sharifa, on the show. But uh, yeah, so I was, I was asking you as well, you know, there's certain words that I don't like to hear. So like thin, if somebody uses the word thin or skinny. I don't like it because it's my own connotations inside. And I just think, well, they're, they're things that I've tried to avoid when I was a young man. They're the things I didn't want to be. I wanted somebody to say, oh, your arms look good. You know, you've got a six pack or whatever it might be. I didn't want somebody to say thin and skinny. And are there certain words that you don't like to hear or use? Or were there certain words that you had an unhealthy, I suppose, relationship with as you were going through this, this period, I guess, of change from being the dancer that you were and, and that life to where you are now? To be honest, there's actually not any specific um, word, but I would say one thing that was a problem for me, particularly when I struggled with my disordered eating was when that people would give me that compliment of, wow, you look so, you've lost weight, you look great. Um, putting those terms together, you've lost weight and you look great, which obviously, as we've now discovered, means something very different to you than what it does to me. That I found really difficult because, um, and actually, well, you've just said actually that when people say you've lost weight, it also causes you an issue. So, but it, yeah, it really, I really struggled with it because it would reinforce my eating disorder and it would make me say, well, great, I'll just, you know, what I'm doing is working really well. And then I would, if I knew I'd put on two pounds or three pounds and I'd weigh myself every day, um, I'd then in my head, oh, well, I've gained weight. So that means that I don't look great anymore. And so I really, really feel like it's so important that people are careful um, when they're commenting on other people's bodies. Um, I think there's nothing wrong with saying, you look great, just generally, you know, that's it, you look great, but not, you look great because you now have abs or, yeah, you it know. It doesn't need evidence, it self-supporting exactly, evidence, does it? Exactly, you know, I, I nothing agree. wrong with and saying you look fabulous for whatever reason, that's it. But I, I think you have to be really careful because you don't know what you could be uh, encouraging, reinforcing, um, or what kind of, like you say, what demons you're bringing people are bringing out for you language is important by the way you know that's the the point i, I sort of want to raise here that I, I believe language is really important and, and we should be a little bit careful i think maybe not tread like super carefully where we we, we don't say anything or oh, i better not say anything in case it's taken the wrong way i often say this you know i think and i try to do this myself i'm, I'm sure i don't always get it right Sharifa, but if my intention is good right if i want to say something to you my intention is good i will try my best to package that message as well as i can and then I'll deliver it to you. So my intentions are good. I'm trying to I'm trying to package it well. There's still a chance it could be taken the wrong way. Does that make sense? So you you I think you're always going to have that a little bit, aren't you? So we don't want to be yeah. too cautious. And again, I think we've we've never been in a space like this before where you say one thing and suddenly you get cancelled, you know, and I think that is social media has really done that to us. We have to be able to make mistakes and I think particularly around the period of Black Lives, when I say the period of Black Lives Matter, I mean, sadly, around the death of George Floyd and when, obviously, all the marches were going on. And I noticed that that was an incredibly difficult time because people, lots of people, didn't know what to say and how to say it. And half of the reason, not half of the reason, there's lots of reasons, but one, one issue when it comes to 
equality for marginalised groups and by that I mean you know black community LGBTQIA plus community and all these different communities is that no one has any conversation because nobody knows what to say and they're so afraid of being cancelled that they just don't say anything but then it means that we're not talking and then because we're not talking nothing moves forward um, and there's only a certain group of people that will speak about certain things because they feel they can and then we end up being in this weird thing where like nothing gets resolved because people are just so afraid they're going to use the wrong term or they're gonna and I think we have to kind of be able to give ourselves a little bit of a license to fail and also hope that everyone I mean there are always people that have haven't got good intentions but most of the time people do have good intentions and um i think we all have to be a little bit more forgiving um to that and a bit more understanding and compassionate i sound like miss world there don't i <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it's just what love love and smiles and rainbows <laughs> and i love dogs <laughs> I love it. That was fantastic. We do mock you, but that's absolutely... I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a serious point, which we mock. <laughs> you mentioned about talking, and you said this earlier, and, and I think it was men typically aren't so good at opening up, and, and, you know, perhaps there's been a little bit more conversation around certain um, relevant subjects for, for women over the years, perhaps less so with men and you mentioned kind of death rates and suicide and all those you know kind of horrible stats talking is clearly a big thing right talking you said nothing gets resolved if we don't talk uh, clearly that's important now that's very easy for the three of us talking today we've never spoken before as in you and i sharifa but we, we could just chat all day long the fact there's a microphone here I, I just forgot about that we're just chatting right so we find it easy not everybody does and that's why i think things like run talk run which i'm sure you're familiar with one of my runners al who's a, a run talk run leader because he believes in the importance of getting people to talk and open up and giving them a, a comfortable space to be able to do that I think is really important and that's that's not so easy is it I mean how do we if we're not wired kind of naturally to be able to just speak freely how do we break that mold a little bit Sharifa what, what advice have you got or thoughts on how people can just feel comfortable enough to just Say what they're thinking. Open up a bit more. Oh, my gosh. That, do you know, I've ne- no one's ever asked me that question before. <laughs> and as a person who, who talks more than I probably should, um, <laughs> I think that is a really interesting question. I mean, I would probably say, um, I don't know, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I would probably say sometimes it's harder to talk about things to the people who are closest to you. So... I used to find... I remember once I was going through an incredibly difficult period. I I had um, depression for a long time and um, I was going through a very difficult period and I used to spend a lot of time, like, not in the house, but I would just kind of go and sit in cafes and um, I'd actually work wasn't going as well for me as I wanted it to so I wasn't actually even really doing any work I was just kind of like going walking around sitting in cafes and feeling a bit sad Um, and I used to find that I would end up chatting about everything to like and these poor people looking back now that I'm probably thinking I can imagine how this would have been for them so I'm <laughs> sorry to these people but um I'd end up getting into these really deep conversations with like the waiter or a random stranger at a bus stop you know looking back they seemed quite into it at the time but who knows because I was in a funny state <laughs> um and I actually think that I ended up probably tell saying things about myself or things that I had thoughts about and being able to open up freely around people that I didn't know so much more than people I was close to because there's no 
no risk there, is there? There's no like, oh gosh, what are they going to think of me? It's like it's a stranger. They don't even know where I live. They don't even know my name. <laughs> you just make something no up judgment. and walk off. Yeah. And I think I ended up spilling like my deepest, darkest secrets to like Bob at the, at the post office. <laughs> um, which probably sounds really strange, but I think sometimes connecting maybe with someone completely different who you don't have any ties to is actually a great way to speak your mind because um, I think a lot of our ideas are shaped by who we are around and how we were raised and you know um, I have an amazing friend called Georgie who has this platform called Well With Women and she talks a lot about kind of holistic health and stuff and um, she puts on these amazing talks and one of the talks she was uh, saying about how you can design your life in your own way what would your life be like if you weren't raised in the family you were raised in and the way you were raised would you have made different decisions you know maybe you're a doctor but you actually want to be like a rock star <laughs> but because your parents put that pressure on you to do that you end up doing that thing so I think it's really interesting how, how much of us are we or how much of what we do is our environment or what we think or feel or who we vote for or um, you know our opinions on certain things how much are they shaped by the environments we were placed in. So I think sometimes taking yourself out of that environment could probably be a great way to rediscover you. Did that make any sense? No. <laughs> made perfect sense. I think it made perfect yeah. sense. Absolutely. And I, I think I think so. And when, when you're with people who you know and particularly know well, I think talking can be difficult because there are those preconceptions of who you are and we all act slightly differently around different people, whether that's a manager at work or a friend or, or your parents or whoever. So we've all got different parts of ourselves that we accentuate around these people. And then it's just playing that line of how do I express this thing to this person based on our years of previous interaction and how should I be with this person? But when you're speaking... Um, like openly now on a podcast or when you're speaking to a complete stranger who you've just met either online or whether or not it is just a guy down at uh, uh, the local Bob. coffee shop you, <laughs> Bob exactly you don't have that so you don't have to worry about that so you can be absolutely authentic and you can express how you are now so I think I think that makes complete sense yeah there was a couple of things that leapt out of that answer your response there f for me Sharifa and the first thing is I think that's great there is a space where we feel comfortable, whether that is uh, a random or not so random waiter in a cafe, you know, a stranger at a bus stop, whoever, wherever, there will be some comfortable space. It might be one person, it might be several, it might be 20, they might be strangers or not. But finding that person slash people where you feel you are able to talk and open up and you feel safe. I think that's really key, isn't it? Because we have the fear, oh, I can't talk because of judgment and all this nonsense. Well, just make sure that you feel safe with whoever it is that you're choosing to speak to. And to kind of almost counter that or give a completely other sort of idea, I guess, is although we haven't spoken about running on this show for quite some time, <laughs> but we did talk about the whole... That but this is great, isn't it? This is a... <laughs> Is it running? Are we on a running podcast? So, but you know, this is this is wonderful because that's what all of this stuff is about. And runners, we have our insecurities, we have our fears, our own mindsets, behaviour, all that sort of stuff. And you know, we spoke about running is difficult. Well, 
to perform in anything, you've got to step out of your comfort zone. For you to cross the line of the London Marathon, which we know you will do, you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone. So why not step out of your comfort zone in other areas of life? This could be another opportunity, if you view it as that, to do that. Say, so, well, you know what? I, I, I could do with talking to somebody here. I think this is really important. It's going to be really helpful. I don't feel uber comfortable doing that. But you know what? I'm going to take a deep breath. This is what I'm going to do. And all of a sudden, that comfort zone gets bigger, doesn't it, as it kind of expands. So I really love that. You strike me as somebody that is very, very wise, Sharifa. You strike me as somebody that's very, very mindful as well of how you feel. Uh, in modern life, we often talk about or we hear about the, 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 the term mindfulness. Obviously, as an ambassador for Calm, you'll know all about that. Are you kind of hyper aware of, of how you feel? If you are, is it natural? Is it something you really have to kind of work on? I'm definitely hyper aware of how I feel. I don't know how everyone else feels. I always wish I could just spend just half a day in somebody else's brain to see what it's like. <laughs> it would be such an interesting experience. Um, I'm definitely hyper aware of how I feel. I'm quite, I talk openly about my experiences with my mental health, um, you know, being an ambassador for a mental health charity and really try to destigmatize that and just, just, just speak about it naturally. I think we should all be talking about our mental health. And I had a lot of mental health issues, anxiety, suicide, not suicide, sorry, my goodness. Uh, wrong word. Uh, anxiety, depression, um, but actually, no, I should mention I, I, I had an a, a t- attempted suicide at age 17, so it actually was true, but I didn't mean to say it. <laughs> I've said it now, so <laughs> there we go. Um, I just don't really talk about it very often, but um, and I think because of my issues with my mental health over the years and I would just like to point out that I feel very mentally um, healthy and very mentally stable and have done for quite a few years now but um, I mean the pandemic was difficult and indefinitely some of those feelings still arose but I, I think probably even if you didn't have a history of mental health issues before the pandemic I think a lot of people ha- started to experience things anxiety being a big one um, because of the situation so I think probably my, my feelings were quite common and natural and so I think when you do deal with mental health issues you become extra introspective and extra um you find ways to fix it and I think I did everything I did so much work I did you know I've read every self-help book there is I've listened to all the podcasts I I have lots of different ways to manage things journaling and wall charts and color-coded things and I really check in with myself very regularly because I know that I'm a person who can um even though I haven't been in a, a negative space for a long time, I think I am a person who could naturally fall into that if I let things slip. So, um, yeah, I definitely have lots of different different things that I do and follow. Um, so, yeah, I would say I, I, I do. I really think about it a lot. It's so important, isn't it? Because if you're aware of how you feel, whatever that emotion is or those emotions... You know, we're told, we read, we, we, we hear from experts. You don't necessarily have to give it a reason. Don't try and necessarily understand it, but just know that that's how you feel. And then you know how to act accordingly. So you know that if you wake up and you're feeling a bit, oh, man, it's, it's what? It's another day and I've, I've got what to do? I've got how much to do? And the weather's what? You can just, okay, let's just take a step back. This is how I feel. That's cool. I'm okay with that. Let's just observe that feeling. Right. What do I do now? Probably need to be a little bit careful here. I probably need to be kind to myself today. And what I need to do in the case of my runners, Sharifa, is not put myself under too much pressure with that interval session that Jake's given me to do this afternoon because I'm not feeling 
amazing. So there's a greater chance of me beating myself over the head with a big fat wooden spoon because I didn't hit the paces all the time. Do you get what I mean? It, it enables you to kind of, okay, where do I go from here? Let's just, this moment will pass. I think it's really powerful stuff. I want to talk to you for longer. I don't <laughs> want you to go. I just am mindful that we're taking up so much of your time and, oh, we need to get you back on the show again. <laughs> I've loved it. It's been it's been really great. Um, I think we did talk about running. I'm so sure we did, right? Did we? Yeah, great. We did, just <laughs> we did a point. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, um, yeah, yeah. And I think, do you know, I think we're, we're really open about the reasons we run and, and I think a lot of people run and probably more now over the last 18 months or so for um, mental health reasons and a lot of the reasons that we've spoken about today um, than they have done previously. And that's certainly the reason I run. So I think, I think it's been of complete interest to everybody yeah. runners and yeah not runners. And, and running is it's Three not five. just about the your legs moving as fast as they possibly can it's it's so mm. much of a mental challenge um and i think when you start running distances you really learn that because your body actually will keep going um most of the time most bodies i think will keep going and look at forrest gump i mean <laughs> <laughs> and that was a true story it was. It was, yeah, yeah. It was, really? He's still running now. <laughs> he keeps tripping over oh his gosh. beard. His feet are massive. I lost my... <laughs> I'm so oh, gullible because I actually really, I really <laughs> believed you. I was like, oh, my God, I love a oh. true story. I'm going to go, no, go research it was, it I wish it was. I'm a sucker for a true story. Oh, I, wish you, it I wish it was. But, yeah, look at Forrest Gump. He just kept going. So, you know, I think our bodies, they, they do. They are amazing, like, resilient, incredible things. You know, women make babies come out of their bodies like our bodies don't even underestimate the power of what your body can do but um i think it's your mind i always feel like my mind is the thing that gives up first so um yeah keep your mind in check for, for those good running, for that fast running. I'm sorry, I, I can't stop thinking about Forrest Gump with, like, massive feet. I should, <laughs> he must be at the end of America by now. I mean, he must be Just there. He, the we should get him on the show. <laughs> Sharifa, I can't wait to follow your journey to the London Marathon, which is going to be 2021. Let's stay positive. Yes. It is going to be this year. 3rd of October. You're going to smash it. You're going to smash it. Oh, so I hope everything's you. okay. Uh, with the feet, with the body, and with your training. Yeah. Listen, before we let you go, we have one more question for you. Sharifa J, are you ready for this question? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, do you know what? This is a high-stress situation. Okay. It really is. Uh, um, we've had some really good guests yeah. on this. They've crumbled at the last hurdle, and this is the okay. hurdle. You ready for the hurdle? Yeah. Sharifa, this is your weekly dose of running motivation. We ask all of our guests this very simple question. What does the word motivation mean to you? Ooh, what does the word motivation mean to me? Oh, my God, no pressure. <laughs> I, I noticed you found a little bit of extra time there by repeating yeah. the question. Very good tactic, very good tactic. <laughs> uh, motivation to me, it means... Um, uh, accepting yourself in whatever state you're in and uh, working with that um, motivation means actually uh, rest is part of motivation um, and uh, doing what feels right for you at the right time and uh, living by your own rules and standards um, but uh, we keep going <laughs> I don't know 
Sharifa, you're sweating. She's sweating. Get, get the girl an ice it bucket. Wasn't She's even, it wasn't God. even a sentence. Did that make any sense? Yeah, why not? Do you know, oh, you've man. Come, you see what I mean? You come on this show, you make complete sense the entire time, and then you get to that question and you fall flat on yeah. your face. It happens yeah. every time. Don't worry, because if we have any guests on that answer that question so eloquently... Pete just edits it in post-production so they sound like idiots anyway. So honestly, don't oh. worry about it. It'd be absolutely <laughs> fine. It'd be absolutely fine. Can't be, that can't be the way I leave the show. Yeah, no, I actually quite like that. No, I'll listen back to that and say that was actually quite good. Okay. Sharifa, have a great rest of the day. Have an awesome rest of the week. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Catch up soon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Running with Jake, the podcast. Whether this is the first time you've listened to uh, an episode of Running With Jake, the podcast, or whether you are a regular listener to the show, we will greatly appreciate if you would just take a few moments out of your day to rate and review our show. That really helps us to spread the word, spread the running motivation, and help more people to find our show. All you need to do is go to your podcast app and give us five stars. Now it's time to take another one of your questions. It is hashtag AskJake. Paul would like to know, what does working heart rate mean? So... I'm going to give you an example here, Paul, because I think it'll be much easier to understand. So let's assume your maximum heart rate for easy math is 200 beats per minute. And let's assume that your resting heart rate is 50 beats per minute. So if we take your resting heart rate away from your maximum heart rate, so 50 away from 200, that leaves us with 150 beats per minute. That, my friend, is your working heart rate. It's labelled as a working heart rate because you cannot go any lower than 50 beats per minute because that's your resting heart rate. Your heart doesn't beat any slower than that. And you can't go above 200 because that's your maximum. So the working heart rate is that bit in the middle. I hope that helps. If you've got a question, irrespective of what the topic may be, got to be running related, of course, then it's hashtag AskJake or you can send an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com. That brings us to the end of another episode of Running With Jake, the podcast. A massive thank you to today's guest, Sharifa Jay, who was absolutely awesome. I hope you enjoyed it. We will be back here next week for more running motivation. And just out of interest, Jake, next week, yeah, yeah. will we be back in England and sat next to a proper microphone without crickets and uh, beach people in the background or will you be continuing your international tour and what's going on I mean how long have you been how long have you been away for <laughs> I am starting to forget what the UK looks like the no I will be surrounded by uh, beach people as you say next week unfortunately or fortunately are you on the run depending on how you look at it are you on the run I'm not on the run I'm not on the run look I, I blame are the you, pandemic Jake, are you pandemic Jake, I can't even say it are you a great train robber is that what you are I feel like I don't even know you anymore <laughs> What's going on? I can't look. I can't help it if we've had several flights cancelled. What can I say? These are unprecedented times. <laughs> That's what I've heard. <laughs> so I need to stay on the beach. <laughs> have a great week of training. See you next week. Oh, and one more thing. Our lives are defined by opportunities, even the ones we miss. 